0: Hey, it's Seamus. Before we get to this pre-Father's Day podcast, I wanted to shout out our sponsor, Kenwood Beer. Kenwood Beer, you know my speech already. Kenwood Beer is Philadelphia's premier light beer, and it's my favorite beer. This weekend, you might be down the shore. I'm heading to the shore for a couple days, tuck some PTO, going to have a nice time, hang out with my dad for Father's Day, and guess what? We'll be enjoying some ice-cold Kenwood, and I suggest you do the same responsibly, of course. Additionally, want to shout out the Tisbury's. For allowing us to use their song tear us apart as our theme music we love the local music scene in philadelphia philadelphia indie rock act we love supporting the arts love supporting local do that as well you can go to tisbury's to buy some of their music some of the merch i love this tisberry's tie-dye tee i got last year when they just came on allowing us to use their song for the podcast got that it's you know it has the Tisberry name on there it has like, the sailboat and it's orange and like kelly green tie-dye very 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 much up my alley so to grab some merch look good for the summer well after that uh I i think my voice was a little sore uh during this podcast today so bear with me but here are the tisberries We got a brand new episode of the Broad and Forever podcast, presented by Kenwood Beer. I'm your host, Seamus Clancy, joined as always by my guy, Zo. Zo.
1: What's up, bro? Happy
0: up? A Thursday. Happy Thursday. Recording this Thursday morning. Have some PTO from work. Going to hit the shore this weekend. Going to enjoy some ice-cold Kenwood for Father's Day. Earned it. Looking forward to it. Earned it. I feel like, I feel
1: like this is... Um we are in, you know, the dog days of summer, but the dog days are extremely short these days, you know, basketball ends and we got now, you know, we're in this point where basketball, you know, NBA is 24 seven now. So next week we have the NBA draft. We got to that. Pre-agency starts. And then two weeks after that, we have uh, NFL training camp. So like, the dog days are only really just a week in between the action stopping and the action
0: picking back up. It feels so long ago that the Sixers played though at the same it time. It does. Now that that it is true. The Mother's Day game feels it feels like closer to two months ago than a month ago. I guess
1: that part is definitely true. I was talking to uh, talking to Mike and Spike about some stuff, and like, yeah, like it does feel like forever ago that that Mother's Day game was played. I, I also feel like um the it's it's interesting because the narrative has continued to to change and heat up but the last time we f- we physically watched them play it does feel like it was like almost
0: 3 months ago the flyers just hired John McLare to be a special advisor that's <laughs> like if you if you were playing fucking darts for oh. things that they might do that's a lot of fun. <laughs> Come on, man. I I I
1: laugh because
0: <laughs> it almost feels like
1: like they troll they're getting close to the Sixers and how they troll their fans. Like Flyers fans are like, oh, why don't you go ahead and hire John LeClaire as an advisor while you're at it? And it'll be clear that it's like they're hired they've hired John LeClair as an advisor. It just it's so funny, man. They do exactly what their fans like think that they're gonna foolishly do. And it never fails.
0: It's like Maury with the 2018 Rockets. Just let's get the band <laughs> back together for some well, reason for a bunch of guys who didn't win anything. Why don't you go try
1: to trade for Eric Gordon? And then like a day later, oh, the Sixers are interested in Eric Gordon. Yeah. Like it, it's Ryan Anderson
0: it's, player coach. <laughs>
1: like, you know what's <laughs> it's funny about that too? Is like um what's like the best? I, I feel like the best analogy would be like. If like if Howie hired Eric Allen as a special advisor or something like that, yeah, that era, yeah, that era is only specific to a certain group of people. Like the present day Flyers fan only has a cursory knowledge of John LeClaire. and like so, so, so I don't know what audience you're trying to reach in in hiring him as a as an advisor. Like it just doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me.
0: And these don't feel like the jobs that Dr. J would get as a special advisor. Right. That just keep him on right. for payroll, yep. keep around the team. It's 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 what they're doing right by him. They're doing right by the city. I think they're literally asking these guys to come. These are real jobs. Like they're, yeah. they're trying to get their input on building <laughs> yeah. a team. Twenty twenty three. It's not a fake advisory job that yeah. maybe um, Mike Schmidt had, but the Dr. J, the world be free type jobs that are more advisor to the team, but. Are You know, marketing, public-facing, front-facing right. in the community and all that. No, I think they really want to know – they want John Leclerc to figure out who to trade for. Like, yeah. Like their draft is on the 29th. They have now armed with two first-round picks, I believe the seventh pick and the 22nd pick after the yeah. Ivan Provorov trade. I mean, if they were just – if they traded everyone, I guess that's interesting from, like, they're doing their own process. There, yeah, but, yeah. Um, I'm surprised they even did that trade. If they trade Carter Hart, that feels like the not apples to apples, but the equivalent of trading Hickey trading Drew Holiday. Like Drew Holiday, they're yeah. they doing full teardown, full process where this yeah. guy's young, has been good at times. Obviously, not the last couple yeah. of years was really good in the the COVID year and the the playoffs. But yeah, but he's
1: also like there. I, I think it's a good analogy too because he is there. Uh, like he's their only interest in peace, you know? Yeah, yeah, he's we the only guy been, that
0: yeah. you might have, like, want to get a jersey of or go right. to the arena to see, right. even though he hasn't been good the last yeah. two years, two and a half years.
1: Because, like, you know, it, it's it's almost literally almost apples to apples, but like, I mean, they, they have football and basketball both play. I mean, football and, and um, basketball and hockey, excuse me, both have 82 game seasons, but like, it is the same in terms of like having to strip it down to rebuild or try to rebuild the foundation. So like, this is like the first of probably the
0: next six very important drafts for the Flyers. Like what if the Phillies brought in like Chad Cormier <laughs> to make all their moves for their deadline? They got Chad Cormier coming in or Ray <laughs> Cormier and Chad Durbin. Yeah. They got two dudes thrown together. So they bring in Real Cormier <laughs> <laughs> to make the trade at the deadline for the fifth starter to round out the rotation, <laughs> and Chad Durbin is the that's, new pitching coach. Just that's literally team. it.
1: Chad Durbin's pitching coach. Like that that, that. that. That's where you're going to. That's who we're going to war with for, you know, uh, August through the end of September. Um, Maybe
0: I was just calling Real Cormier a Chad. I guess <laughs> I like yeah,
1: he is a Chad, right? Chad, Chad. Swaggy. Yeah. Did you? Uh, did you see? I mean, this, this stuff. Barely matters, but it's like a fodder. I think ESPN had them at like last year. They were or at the beginning of the season, they were like a 74% chance at making the playoffs. Now they're only at like a 47% chance to make the playoffs. For the yeah. Um,
0: and well, this I was like, it was I stayed up for it. Yeah. And, and this is like,
1: I want to say, right as they were in the middle of beating the Dodgers. So I'm okay. sure it might inch toward like 50%, but it's also a reminder of just how long the baseball season is. Like they can have a terrific June. I mean, they are having a terrific June and they can just have a really shitty July. And like they did last year and still be like, still be right at the bottom of the pile again. Baseball season is so long. Dude.
0: I went to the fills on Sunday for the, Father's Day game. I think I mentioned that last week. Yeah, Had yeah. One, the bats were alive. Did a little pregame session at Chickies and Pete's. Got there, I went to Pass and Stow. Yeah, Got around yeah. there. Got those baseball bats, the, the beer wow. bats. Guess what Guess what the price was on those? It's not like the craziest thing ever. It's like, I, I get it. I knew it was going to be expensive, but I want to see what. You saw the picture I posted. Yeah, I saw the picture. Yeah, was it was like 24 bucks. Twenty six ninety nine. Right, so that's fair. I, I, the the, the yeah. thing was very high quality. The the bat itself, like it wasn't flimsy, and you thought it was going to spill it everywhere or anything right. like that.
1: But Joe, my biggest question, and I, I don't think I asked Fink this because Fink had got one too. Does did your beer stay cold the whole time?
0: Absolutely, piss warm pretty quickly. <laughs> that's what I okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, and then it's it's so awkward to drink if you're sitting in a seat because yeah. the like you're the, like the <laughs> like handle yeah, is really gonna is, hit yeah. someone in the freaking head as yeah. you're trying to tilt and get all of this warm beer down your throat. Right. The only two options oh. they had for beer too were Goose Island Shandy. I'm not like a, I don't like the Goose Island brand. I don't I don't yeah. I don't go into that. I got in a fight with Jeff McDevitt once where he was saying, <laughs> "Are you going to go to the new Brooklyn Bowl?" Yeah, oh yeah, this Boulevard yeah. or wherever yeah. that is. I was like, why would I go to a place called Brooklyn Bowl in Philadelphia? Right. And he goes, well, the old it was formerly the Goose Island thing. They're a New York brewery. Did you go there? I was like, no. Why would I go to a New <laughs> York brewery in Philadelphia either? Does that also doesn't make sense? <laughs> yeah. Uh And the other option was Michelob Ultra. Really two random selections. I no, just two got random selections. Yeah, yeah. it's really yeah. random. Uh, but I, I went with the Ultra. Uh, I, I don't hate a Michelob Ultra. I think it's fine. I think it's nice replacement level beer. It's actually, if you look it up, it's Miller Lights and kind of like the same health wise. They just have really, yeah. really good branding. Yeah. So good for them there.
1: Right. Uh, I take a
0: Miller that. Light 100 times out of 100 of an Ultra, but it was fine for the day. We'll take that. Yeah. And and you, it was you, your dad, and Lola, right? Yeah, that was the trio. We were all nice. there.
1: That was a good day, too. They were
0: nice weather. Yeah, Just put some yeah. sunscreen on, wasn't excruciating hot. Uh, got some rounds there in the seventh inning. We went to the high and inside bar on the top, on the 300 the 400 level, that little mini bar that's up there. Uh, pretty packed. We got seats at the bar, nice and air conditioner. It was the first one I'd yeah. ever been in there. I could watch the game in there a little bit. Had I think we had two or three rounds in there, then we went. Uh, Just stood under underneath where our seats were the you know kind of the standing room spot because we were 400 level but we were my dad's seat. The joke I made was he was basically like the nail at the free throw line, dead center. (laughs) That's where his seat was from home plate. It was a nice setup being up top, um, but we chilled down there for the for the final uh, you know frame frame and a half. Yeah.
1: Well, that's dope. I mean, yeah. Is it? My view of Citizens Bank Park is always there's not a bad seat in the house. Like you yeah. have to try yeah. really
0: hard to find a bad seat there. I'm looking it up now on fan graphs. The Phillies make playoff chances. Well, I'll go each by each. When the division percentage is four percent, that's not gonna happen. That's not Clinch gonna Clinch yeah. a buy three point eight percent, not gonna happen. Clinch a wild card spot, thirty-six point seven percent chance. And then to make the playoffs outright, 408 40. percent chance. And they have a three percent chance of winning the World Series, which is one, two, three, four, five, fifth in the National League. So, punchers. Yeah, because right? who's?
1: What would you say? <laughs> I mean, who's who's it? Dodgers, Diamondbacks, right? And uh, but Braves. Dodgers, yeah, Dimebacks I'm thinking.
0: Or... I'm thinking Braves in, in a vacuum. I guess Braves or Dodgers are the most likely team, but you know they could run into some buzzsaw buzzsaw team like the Phillies or maybe even the Marlins this year. Yeah, that come in and make some crazy noise like the Phillies did last year. The Brewers are the NL Central's really bad this year. Really bad. Um, and yeah. Maybe they get in there or the Padres. Yeah, Diamondbacks seem like the team that does well in. April, May, early June, and kind of falls out of the race. That's when I'm kind of feeling those vibes right now. Yeah. Are up. I have taken two or three of them so far. Series finale is today. 3.40 game? 3.40. Game. I, I thought yesterday's game was a 4 o'clock game. Um, so I was like getting all <laughs> amped to watch the game yeah. at 4 o'clock, and then I realized <laughs> the game didn't start for yeah, uh, like six more hours. Probably six before. more hours, yeah. It was a little hard for me. I <laughs> ended up staying up and watching the game, though. Uh, but that was a little bit of a – the twist I wasn't – I thought that was the, the series finale. I didn't realize right, it was yeah. a four-game series. Yeah. That's how they got. Then they go to oh. Oakland. What tomorrow – when is – I thought tomorrow's Friday, Saturday.
1: They're in Oakland, right? Isn't
0: that it? Friday through Sunday, they're doing Oakland, which is yeah an interesting team right now because of the, the little reverse boycott they're doing. Have you seen this? which is awesome so i'm a fan first of all i'm a fan of that by the way that's super cool Uh, i love it i love it so for those who aren't aware oakland a's are the worst team in baseball they have been the last couple of years owners the the infamous you know money ball ownership team that didn't want to spend any money is taking that to a new insane level just just collecting the revenue their attendance has been absolutely piss poor for a while and you know, seemingly the last 20 years, they've been discussing moving the team out of Oakland. They tried to move to San Jose at one point. The Giants blocked that because of the the proximity to San Francisco. Yeah. There's an antitrust suit coming in from the you know Alameda County in, in in California. But right now, it does look like they're going to be moving to Las Vegas. Which it really sucks if you're a hardcore you know Oakland person because you lost the Vegas, the Raiders to Vegas probably don't lose the ace Regus and in a move that might not seem much from the outside, but if I was someone from Oakland, I'd be pretty pissed was the Warriors moving from yeah. Oakland to their new spot, which I don't know if it's in San Francisco proper, but more so to the Silicon Valley things rather than the the core Oakland aspects of it. So their their tendency was terrible, but today's Thursday, Tuesday night they did what there was called a reverse boycott where 27,000 fans throughout the stadium, all geared up and just chanted, Salt the team the entire time, trying to make them illustrate the ownership. Know this that to Major League Baseball to know this that the issue isn't the fan base, the issue isn't fans wanting to come, the issue isn't fans caring, right? Because people do care there. It's the ownership putting up this putrid product and not wanting to spend any money to have anything resembling a contending team so they could just keep collecting those millions and millions from the revenue sharing system that benefits these small market teams. I loved it. It was civic pride to the fullest extent. And I respect the shit out of the fan base for rallying around and having something that's that big on that with that many people being able to successfully do that.
1: Yeah. A thousand percent. I think that, um, this is also an organization ownership group that you know has zero shame uh, um as as you know as we've already seen they've got they've already gotten approved or I think the um Henderson uh, like the the group out in Vegas already approved the the, the funding for their stadium um' it's, there's a ton of red tape they're gonna have to get through but I don't think baseball is going to to hold them up but I, listen I think that, Um, it's just been really, really, really shameful what they've done the past you know, seven or eight years out there in terms of just working hard to literally not field a competitive team. I mean, I think the last stat I saw, they scored collectively like, um, more less points like this year, less less points last year than they scored in like 10 years, like just a team that's just. Deliberately put together, not even to try to like tank and then, you know, get build up a farm system, just literally a terrible farm system, you know, a pro system that's flawed and terrible, just like an ownership group that's literally trying its earnest to to suck in every single way. Almost like, I mean, if you think about it, this is about old heads, but like this is literally like the, what the ownership did in, um, in Major League. Like, trying their absolute best to just suck so so they'll have, you know, impetus to move the team, you know, somewhere
0: more desirable. The A's payroll this year. And I didn't know we were going to get into this, but I enjoy doing something a little bit different right now. Yeah. A's payroll this year, $43 million. Nuts. The combined salary of JT Romuto and Taiwan Walker is basically the same. J.T. Romuto and Taiwan Walker, the Phillies like okay third picture. That's, that's pretty rough. I'm gonna go back to 2022 payroll. 32 million dollars. Jesus Christ.
1: Brett, Tobias Harris made 36 million this year. Yeah. God
0: damn. You know, 40,
1: 43 million. Brad Bills is gonna make 51 million
0: next year. Yeah, he's gonna make um, fifty-seven when he's thirty-three. I mean, right, he's thirty-three. I mean, Good 56. segue. You, yeah. you are, you are pro Beal, I believe. I am anti bill So if you want to make your case, go for it. I will not stop you.
1: My, so I'm, I'm very, um, I'm, I'm, I'm wishy. I'm very, uh, still, I'm, I'm missing the word, but I am very, um, objective or case by case with Bill. I, I like. I've always been higher on Brad Bill than most people. Um, I think that the case for is, you know, one, he's a guy that can create his own shot, um, which this team needs. He he can certainly score, um, you know, in a pinch when you've seen them go down the court and their only recourse was throw it into Embiid with five seconds left on the clock and see what he can do in the post. I think having a Bradville alleviates a lot of that. Um, And I think he's a guy who genuinely uh, still has a lot left in the tank. I mean, he is on the other side of 30. I get that, but I still think that he, in terms of playoff, playoff wear and tear and stuff like that, you know, um, I think he certainly has a ton left in the tank. And listen, if you're truly, you know, throwing your chips all in and saying um, the window is this much open. And we have to maximize, you know, all of our shots now. I think you go for it. Um, but, I, I, you know, I get I know there's some people who are a lot more hard-lined than I am in terms of bringing him in. Um, I am not. I, I I can totally see both ways, um, but I'll listen to to, to your answer. I, I, I wrote a couple anti too, but I want to hear yours too.
0: The syllabus, I think, is that he's a loser. Like That's like the most basic. That's what I'm putting. I, <laughs> I didn't click, I, I left did. it unread because I didn't want to have your takes before we listen to the podcast. So it was newsletter writes to rickysanchez.com backslash newsletter, I believe is what the URL that's is. That's it. Coming out every every Thursday, is it? Or yep, every Wednesday?
1: Every Thursday, yeah. We come out every Thursday morning.
0: And dude, he. So they, they've never been out of the second round in this era of basketball. So they're going to come in and bring a guy who's never been out of the second round, who's 30, who actually has even less playoff success than Embiid and makes Harden look like, you know, the Black Mamba in comparison with the amount of times <laughs> he's made the conference finals and, yeah. and and the NBA finals at that. Yeah, Dude, I, I just – he's not like the vibes, I think. And this is just – I'm talking about this is my superficial take and then there's more yeah. Yeah. concrete stuff, just – if you want to change the culture and then doc rivers and his thing and, and his bill simmons podcast interviews was talking about it, the, the culture was really bad here It was a losing culture and beat got brought up in a losing culture that's one of those things in the retrospect with the, with the process that i'm like shit like i think like it, you know we, we won the war at a certain point but there was a lot of mistakes along the way and to bring that guy in and just like you know this is really the guy that's going to push you over the top making 51 million dollars he's and then if you get into more concrete stuff, his points per game average has that the last couple of years. He's averaged 23 points over the last two seasons after averaging almost 31 over the previous two. That that scoring spike in his late 20s is over. He's going to be yeah. in his age 30 season. He's a small guard. Small guards don't age really well. The contract is huge. I'm not, you know, someone who's always diehard about the cap in that situation, but he's making, I believe, 51 million dollars this year. In a couple of years, we'll have a player option that's worth 57 million dollars. And I guess the the play would be. Even if the, the ideal scenario for the Sixers mindset, if they're going to get Beal, would be to re-sign Harden and stay as that you know cap apron team while also trading away Tobias and some other package to bring Beal in. And then you have a three-point guard lineup like, dude, I want guys who can get buckets more than anything in the world. But at a certain point, I don't know if you could play three-point guards together. This isn't Villanova not playing Creighton on Saturday afternoons. You're going to have to play the, the Jays in Boston. You're going to have to play Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. You're going to have to play Chris Middleton and Giannis. I don't know if that can really work, especially when all three of those guys haven't really gotten it done in the playoffs to begin with, on top of their big star, needing someone, I think, with, as we always said, it's, it's not a new thing, that Jimmy Butler-level pizzazz and energy and demeanor is probably what's going to be needed next to Joel if they're ever going to really, really make the conference finals and hopefully for Sixers fans everywhere, the actual finals.
1: And he's not that guy to
0: me. And and, and the situation is where they, you know, if they had to trade Maxi for him, that's obviously – like not that Tyrese Maxi is going to be – maybe he's never as good as Brad Buell is, but from an age and contract perspective, that's just not a a trade you make. And I don't think that in two years – Maybe he's never going to be a guy that averages 30 like Beal did for a couple of years. But I think it's not crazy by 2025 that Tyrese Maxner is better than him in 2025 than than Beal is in 2025 or Beal is now. And what's the other play if Harden leaves? They do. They're they're kind of I think they're shutting the window that's already so, so, so narrowly open. It's it's weird. I don't want to say a punt year because I think you can still compete in a weird Eastern Conference. We see the last couple of years; it's it's not the dynastic style it was when I was in high school and early in college with the play with the way those teams are winning the championships. Yeah. I think I'm more inclined to say they're not going to do it. But I would let Harden walk. I would let Tobias's contract play out this year. I would come armed with cap space in the 2024 summer. Maybe you sign a Pascal Siakam, and then you can maneuver a little bit after that. Sign Tyrese's contract. Your core around Embiid's a little bit younger than it was, and I think they're hitting their prime simultaneously. And Siaka, not the be-all end-ball player of the world. This isn't signing LeBron James. This is even signing Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. He's not one of those guys. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he's a guy who's one, and I think a guy who blends into this, this team. I don't know if he'd want to play with Nick Nurse. This is just one random player I saw when looking at the 2024 free agents yesterday going through this scenario in my mind. I'm just worried about locking yourselves in to a team that can't win. That's the issue. Whereas I think you can keep flexibility. And look, in the 2022 season, when Ben was sitting out and it was just Joel and Maxi, that team was pretty good. They weren't unbelievable, but they were watchable. And they, you could think, maybe, hey, maybe they make the conference finals just because of the strength of Joel. I think that could be the case this year if you were just running it back with Tobias as your third player, letting Harden walk. Daryl Morey would, rather do anything in the world rather than let Harden walks that's not even the case really but I think they could do a mini reset next summer and be in a better position to win in 2025-2026 one of the last years of not even just Embiid's prime the the injury situation You only have three years left not three prime years just three years left so it's a really hard situation I think it ultimately boils down to the painful answer is that they can't win a championship as constructed even with some crazy moves, whether it's next week of the draft for Beal or some moves next summer after a Tobias trade or Tobias' contract is off the books and they bring someone in, they're just kind of fucked.
1: I think they have. Um, I know Brian Winhurst said this last night, but I think that they are truthfully like fifty percent worried. Not, I guess worried. I guess worried if you're if you're worried, but like fifty percent, like coming to realization that there is a you know that that Harden could go back to Houston. Like I know that Houston, the Houston reporters have all said that he's, you know, he's he's a very mercurial guy. Like he he, he truly, you know, walks to the beat of his own drum. So like while we think that it's supremely against conventional wisdom for him to, to leave here and go back to a team that's probably that last year, you know, uh, made itself what made its way to the lottery, but. Who knows? Um, I, but I do think that you've already seen there's two problems I have. First problem is you've already seen James Harden at his very best. Um, his his very best is with the regular season that he had, and then two 40-point playoff games, and the other, you know, six or eight, however many playoff games, you know, he was almost non-existent. The issue I have. With that, or the second issue I have is the framework of the a lot of the conversation since you fired doc has been, oh well, you just need somebody who's you know who will let James be James, or you just need somebody who put the ball in James' hand and like we've just seen it, that doesn't work. I, I I do not think that one, that's the offense that Joel and me wants, or two, that's an offense that wins you anything letting you know letting James Harden dribble the ball for 22 seconds and then passing to somebody else to jack up a corner three you know with one second left on the shot clock like I don't think that you're being you're being genuine if you go seeing what you saw and then saying you know to yourself we just need someone who will get creative with what James can do all James wants to do is dribble the ball like he just wants to have control of the ball for all the offense I don't think that's a proper way to approach it but i really do think that that's the way you're looking at it and um for nick nurse's sake i hope that he is speaking up for himself or has spoken up for himself um but i agree i, I think that this team is about to become even more expensive than it has become tyrese maxey is about to turn is about to go from you know the guy that we hope turns into such and such. and to get in, you know, a semi-max contract, and then turn into the guy that needs to be such and such. Like right now, we hope he's an all-star. If he gets paid next summer, they're going to need him to be an all-star. Like that's just the bottom line. You know, he's got another year to work the kinks out before, you know, they either decide to should him get off the pot. And right now, I know his name. His name. His name is going to come. His name is going to continue to come up until he gets paid. But I do think that. If there's ever a summer where you could see him get moved, I mean, there's there's so many scenarios where, you know, they're they're quietly deliberating, and Maury and Elton Brand decide that Maxie's timeline just isn't matching up to where, you know, Embiid's timeline is. And they say, you know, give us give us your best offer for Maxie and Tobias and the Anthony Melton. And then we're staring down the barrel of Embiid and whatever, you know, star they bring in here or they trade. I mean, there's really not there's there's not really not that many options out there. Like this is the wrong summer to be looking at anything of this sort. Like Dame is not available. They're not gonna the trouble trailblazers just aren't gonna trade Dame unless Pet Rally pet Riley's gonna call them every day to try to do it. They're they're literally like, No, we're not doing it. Um maybe you call Cleveland about Spider Mitchell, but like, does Cleveland want to trade them in conference? No, like, they're, you know, they're trying to win themselves. So, like, you know, I, I think that it is their hands are tied, but on the, on the, I told you last week, on the same token, I don't think you should just bring Harden back because your hands are tied. Your yeah. hands are going to be tied regardless. Um, and then, you know, maybe you look at what else happens. So there's a, there is a, for all the talk about everyone else's you know window there is a world where the bucks lose lopez and middleton and boston you know box at extending jalen brown then then shit gets really interesting um and then you the window slides open just a couple more inches but you know we won't really know we're set in stone until you know until that first week of july I think that this this is not me having any sources, anything like that, but I think that they'll know they'll know quietly a week beforehand what Harden's gonna do. I think he'll tell them a week before that. Like he be I think he would at least do Maury that favor. Like if he's like, yo, I'm I just feel like I need to go home. I think they'll know that a week beforehand.
0: Yeah, I don't want it to be drawn out, which no one
1: does. Yeah, that's know. what I'm saying. Like I, I think we'll know I think they will know. They obviously can't say anything until you know midnight on July 1st but I think regardless of wherever way he wants to go I think they'll know a week or so beforehand what he what he's going to do but I but I am we're on the same accord that you shouldn't do it just to do it I think that that's a terrible way to approach business
0: yeah. any closing deal thoughts um
1: I think that if I if, if I if I had to put a wager on it, I would bet. I would I would be close to betting the house that he is a Miami Heat this weekend or before the draft.
0: Okay, um,
1: it makes too much sense. I think that he is. I I put in the newsletter that he's like not really the kind of guy who who matches like that Heat culture ethos. But I think that you know with the program they have down there, that they're willing to take a shot at it. Um, I think that he is he is good enough to be a second star. You know that's Jimmy's team. That you know that, that's Jimmy and Bam's team. Excuse me. If um, so I think that they would, you know, welcome him into the fold. But yeah, if I was a betting man, I would say that um, the Heat are the 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 champions. The champion landing spot, at least, and probably this is a I think a close second might wind up being Portland. I think Portland could make a shot at it too. Um, if they're serious about building something around Dame. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that if we get a, a Woj bomb that uh, Maurice jumping into the fray, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think you at least got to do a due diligence, right? This is the yeah. the part we talk about, like show us, you can do something without Harden. So if this is part of that, I'm all for it. Like if, if you're at least calling to see what it's going to take, you know, it's like, I equated, this is, this is the last thing I'll say on there as we close, but like, you know how you you see a jean jacket and you're like, damn, it's probably too much. And they're like, oh, this is, you know, 40% off today. You're like, oh shit, like maybe it's not, maybe I can't afford this. It's like, if you call, if you're calling Washington and Washington's like, yo, so what's it going to cost? And they're like, oh, uh, like if you got to, you know, we'll take Tobias and Furkan and like, 2028 20, second rounder. you're like oh shit like yeah yeah we'll do that you know what sure, I mean like yeah. that's that kind of stuff is like I think that maybe like that's what it can turn into but um I, I think it will happen pretty quickly I think it's the first domino to fall and I think it happens before draft night regardless of what it is
0: I like it I want some moves I want the the juiciness of the NBA offseason to be upon us so good man
1: sometimes you know when you're a perennial second round losers, the the juicy off season is
0: all you got to look forward to. Any Father's Day plans for
1: yourself? Um, so uh, my best friend is coming down. He is a father himself. He's coming down from um, North Jersey where he lives, and um, we're gonna go grab some cigars, maybe a a, a couple of steaks in the city somewhere.
0: Um, the driving crooner.
1: Yes, yeah. Yeah. right. Uh, and um probably just hang out with me maybe even just like um there's a, a couple of golf simulators not top golf but like there's a couple of five irons a couple of different places we may try to hit up see wherever wherever the brandy takes us love it love it
0: all right Enjoy the beach,
1: man. you earned it
0: yeah i don't know what the weather would be i don't know if it will be beach weather if i could hit the pool right. I'm, I'm more of a pool guy than a beach guy to begin with yeah so if i could just get yeah. a couple hours at the pool jump in there, get a little tan. I'm happy with that. That's a success. Yeah, that just some time to turn your brain off. Yeah. Absolutely. Going to throw my phone into the fuck. I'm going to drive to the beach. Not hang out the beach, but just throw my phone into the fucking water. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Drink some ice cold Kenwood this weekend. Zo, wow, thank you. Man. Enjoy your Father's Day. Happy Father's <laughs> Day early. Cold. Thank you, sir. Happy father's Day. Any fathers listening to this. That's it. Any fathers listening, happy Father's Day. And maybe oh, yeah. next time we're listening, or you're, you're listening in, Bradley Beal is no longer Washington Wizard, and maybe even a Philadelphia 76ers. Say juicy. same